0: Wait, are you, (laughs) are you going to count me in? Whatever. I'm just going to go for it. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the eighties, I'd love to say Queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities, and they're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. Now here's your host, Amy Singleton, the queen of realness, leading conversations about business, life, and the real shit you want to know. Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of the Queen's Lead Podcast. Today, you guys are in for a treat. We have Melissa Leon here, and she is a 20-year veteran of accounting and finance, a mother of three, a uh, best-selling author, and a business owner. Uh, She owns Two Cents Consulting, which is a fractional bookkeeping and uh, CFO company, and she is the author of, I cannot wait to read this book called Efficiency Bitch, How Ambitious Women Can Have It All Without Doing It All. And bitch is a beautiful acronym that I will let Melissa explain to you guys. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you for being here.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited.
0: I am really excited to just reading like what those B-I-T-C-H stands for. The guests need to hear this and so do (laughs) I. So please tell us who you are and what you're all about as a person. And then we can dig into the book and all those juicy things in here in a little bit.
1: Yeah, thanks. Well, I'm um, in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm a mother of three, like you said, so busy, busy wife, busy mom. I've led a corporate career in, um, actually I worked for Four Seasons Hotels for 20 years, all in accounting and finance. Um, my first job in life was as a bank teller at age 16. So I've been working with money or other people's money for as long as I've been legally allowed to work. Um, and I, I really enjoy it. I find a lot of passion in teaching financial literacy, um, and so Two Cents Consulting was born in 2019, 2020, like we started dabbling in the ideas and then, you know, how the pandemic either changed someone's yeah. life in every way, <laughs> in different ways. Um, and that was true for us. So now we um, are fractional CFOs for about 55 clients across the country from Maryland to Hawaii and everything in between. And um, along the way, I decided I wanted to write a book and I thought I was going to write a book teaching women how to talk to their children about money because I realized mm. generationally speaking, we're not given a lot of knowledge around money. Um, oh my
0: gosh, no. <laughs> and
1: so I really wanted to like dive into some of those pieces and I still plan to do some of those parts. However, when I started writing a whole bunch of stuff came out that I didn't know I needed to say writing is the best therapy. So if you have a desire to write a book, start writing. Cause even if you don't publish it, it'll be the best therapy you've ever had. Really? Um, okay. It f- Love fantastic. It. Um, and what I found along the way is that I had, like I said, a lot more to say, and I couldn't get it out fast enough. So I started a podcast and I was trying to come up with a name for the podcast. And my sister was like, efficiency bitch. Hello. and the story of the efficiency bitch actually comes back to a fight that my mother and I had when I was a teenager I called her an efficiency bitch and not in a nice way I was Uh not being kind um but she loved the phrase and it became a term of endearment between my sister and my mom and I for the last 30 years maybe not quite 30 25 years um and so as the podcast started you know I mean I'm telling a very long story to get to the acronym, but the, as I started doing the podcast and more and more things were coming out in my writing, I realized that I needed to have a framework to describe all of the things that have made me able to do all of the things that I love and to be able to teach it in a way that is tangible for other women. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the acronym, you know, sometimes these things just pop up and bite you. I was at the gas station and I was like, (laughs) Oh my, I mean, I remember it so vividly, like when lightning strikes, um, yes. it was like, you're using bitches an acronym." So today it's bank inbox, which is like task management time, which is relatively uh, self-explanatory connection is about how we communicate with each other, how we show up in our village, how we spend our free time. Um, and then harmony being the the bow that ties it all together. Um, the mm. H was originally going to be health or happiness and it didn't completely fit. Um, and then harmony was like, I don't believe in work-life balance. It's the full in agreement way. Thank that life you.
0: Be. Oh my God. We already have a crown <laughs> moment. I say that all the time, quit wearing all the hats and realize you got one crown and every yeah. one of these jewels is just a different facet of who you are. So totally. bravo. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know if we're going to have time to dig into each and every one of these, but Let's go, because I know that I need some of this. These listeners need some of this. Um, Tell us how to do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I start with bank. It's, it's an easy one because it's the first letter of the word bitch. Um, But it, again, being a finance professional, it's where I find the most stress create is created in people's lives is in their money management or lack thereof. And their, their fear of money, um, Money's a very scary thing for a lot of people. There's a lot of different places that you can learn about money. There's a lot of different things you need to learn about money. If you're a business owner, money is something different than if you're a W-2 employee. Um, Knowing what W-2 means, understanding how taxes work, understanding how to come up with budgets. I mean, it's scary because there's so many pieces and we're not really taught about it much in school. I have three kids who are 8, 10, and 12 they're learning how to write a check in school. They learn how to yeah. count currency, but they don't learn. And I don't blame the school systems. I mean, money is a very personal thing. And I think most of the people of this country would freak out if the the concept of money was talked about. Most people find that it's so personal in nature, but yeah. then where do you learn about it? Yeah. Um, From your parents so- who didn't know anything either, right? Precisely, right. <laughs> who didn't know anything and are embarrassed to talk about, it still, um, so my very first piece of advice for people who want to learn about money is start talking about it. Um, and if you're not comfortable talking about it to your friends or your family, find podcasts that talk about it, call people who like to talk about, I like talking about money. I talk about it all the time. Um, and there's a lot of us out there who are, who like to talk about money. And just one step forward, you don't have to learn everything all at one time. I'll tell you, I've been in finance and accounting 25 years, and I'm still learning cool stuff um, yeah. because there's a lot to it. And being able to to face that fear will completely change your ability to manage the rest. It will change your ability to manage your tasks. It will change your ability to manage your time, your relationships, and ultimately your stress levels. And we're in. in life. Um, so that's the place I always start with people. And as you are going down that journey, and it is completely a journey, like it's a road trip across the country. You have to know that there's going to be a million stops along the way. There's going to be flat tires. There's going to be issues. This is the way that it works, but you have to keep moving forward. Otherwise you just stay in the same place. That is really painful. (laughs) <laughs> right. It can yeah. be anyway. Yeah.
0: Um, and money love loves movement and speed, right? Like yeah. it, it doesn't like it when you slow down and stop. So.
1: <laughs> and ask other people for their opinions. You know, I find that talking to people who are older than you can be very beneficial because they've learned some lessons. And a lot of times people are willing to talk about their mistakes versus where they are right now. They're willing to yeah. say like, Oh yeah, I made a mistake in the past and you can learn from that. Ask somebody about their current financial situation, and they probably won't talk to you about it. Ask them about what it was like when they were twenty, and they may give you some information. So, um, finding people who are older and want to want to share can be really beneficial place to go. And everyone's starting in a different place, but we all start somewhere. um, And and having those conversations. And if you're a parent, start having those conversations with your children. Make it more. Make it simpler for them to become adults who have conversations about money. It's okay if it's uncomfortable for you right now. It can be simple conversations like teaching them about allowance. Um, My daughter created a little side hustle in the month of October um, around Halloween and Boo bags. I don't know if this is a thing all over the country. But yes, you're like, I guess. Boo yeah, basket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bags. Yes. They, they put like little toys together and they put it on someone's doorstep and knock on the door and run away. And my daughter wanted to do this for her friends. And I probably had a facial expression that told her I didn't want to do it. And she said, what if we made them and sold them. And of course my entrepreneur spirit was like, hell yeah, let's do that. that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) She, she did a fantastic job. She ended up making like 80 bags and selling them and doing a great job. And then we had to talk about, well, do you want to make these bags alone or do you want to hire your brother and sister to help? And so having these conversations about money and how money moves and how you can buy their time with your $20. Right. And it's not significant and not complicated, but it is having conversations around payments and earnings and, and take exchanging money for services, um, things that can be really uncomfortable for people moving on through, yeah. Yeah. which leads me to, to the next one, which is I for inbox, um, and that's task management. And I find mm. particularly talking to women, they're very uncomfortable hiring help. Um, it can feel very bougie. I think particularly, um people do th- talk about like hiring someone to help clean their home or to be a virtual assistant um, or be a personal assistant in home to help with cooking i mean women have this burden of labor and it's like labor of love women often have that acts of service type of um whether or not it's their own love language or not it's how we're taught to give love right as, as young people um and so i think a lot of times women feel like well if i'm not cleaning my home or i'm not cooking for my family like how do they know i love them um mm-hmm. because that's how you received love from your from your mother probably or from your from your family in some regard and so some things like that can be really important to learn to let go um i talk a lot about like if you want to have it all you can't do it all it's not possible there's yeah. not enough hours in the day um and so delegating tasks to people buying a room, a robot vacuum. Like it's a big investment. Don't get me wrong. There's a couple hundred dollars, maybe three, four, I'm not sure, but mine's lasted 10 years and has been one of the best things I've ever purchased because I don't have to vacuum anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, but you know, you, if you have your money stuff organized in a way that you understand what you can afford, you understand how those pieces work. It will allow you to buy back some of your time um, Mm -hmm. in the inbox and the time strategies.
0: Mm.
1: When it comes to time management, I have three main pillars, I guess. Um, and it's automate, eliminate, and delegate. And Mm. it, it kind of goes into that same idea. So delegating things that, that you can right? um, as your kids get older, you can give things away. I don't know the last time I emptied the dishwasher in my house because my kids are old enough to do it themselves now. <laughs> By God, But they could when they were little. Right. And so you yeah. have to be able to delegate those things as they get older. And if you don't have kids, and if you don't have those types of things that you're, you're working on right now, you can always find somebody, you can trade a service for something. You can, it doesn't have to be money related. You can trade services with your neighbor. Maybe your neighbor likes to fold laundry and you like to mow the lawn. I mean, There are things out there that are available. You just have to get creative with it and actually Mm -hmm. put some time into that. Um, Automate is one of my favorite things, you know, being a millennial, I love technology. I was raised on it. Um, And so I'm big into finding ways to automate your life, whether that be email workflows. I have um, Amazon Alexa in my house that runs routines for us, has alarms, Like every morning it's like, it's seven 15, it's time for school. And that is a prompt to all of us to go get, start walking out the door or it's eight o'clock, go brush your teeth, you know, and my kids aren't robots. Uh, Like my kids don't follow the, the machines prompts, but it keeps me from having to watch my watch every five Mm -hmm. seconds Yeah, um, and keep some of that off my, off my plate. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun parts to it. Automate and
0: eliminate. What are we eliminating?
1: The stuff that doesn't belong to you. You know,
0: it's,
1: <laughs> it's incredible how much we can pick up. That's not ours. Um, and in 2019 is probably when I was at the most stressful time in my adult career, my adult life. Um, I was, I was working full time and I was traveling the globe. I was doing about 200,000 airline miles a year. I had wow. three small kids. Um, I, little did I know that 2020 was on its way, but I was in a really bad spot and I was trying to do all of the things myself, um, all of the things at home. I was PTO president. I was girl scout troop leader. Like I was trying to do every, I was trying to be super mom. And I tell yeah. people all the time, like super mom tried to kill me. I, I <laughs> absolutely burnt myself out and I was, I was angry and I was depressed and I was really frustrated and I, Had a very big temper tantrum with my husband and I like wrote down all of the things that were on my plate and I had no idea how much of it didn't actually even belong to me. It was Mm -hmm. his or the schools or whatever. And I just, I gave it all back. So I no longer volunteer at the school. I'm I'm not going to do it. I don't have time. I'm not going to burn myself out feeling guilty to do it. Um, My kids all play sports. I don't volunteer for snacks. I I just don't. And maybe that makes me like not a team player, but I paid my dues and I'm not not doing it anymore. (laughs) Um, Thank you
0: for that permission. I'm telling you. My phone is blowing up from my son's football app. And mm-hmm. God, let me tell you, he's our youngest. He's 15 on the way out the door. Finally, like we're at the end of this five child thing with oh three my grandchildren. Gosh. And I hear more from that team app on my phone than I hear from my 200 person team at Hype, My employees, my team yeah. members. I hear more from that team than I do my own team. And mm-hmm. even my own son is burnt out with how much there is to do. That's yeah. not actually related to the game or the practicing of football. It's just so much you can yeah. care about so much and we can't all, not everything belongs to us to care about. I love that you put it that way. It doesn't belong to you.
1: Yeah. And I, I appreciate the people who put the efforts into those things. Like Mm -hmm. somebody has to be the PTO president. Maybe, maybe it doesn't even have to exist. I don't know. And (laughs) and I certainly felt like I needed to be that person at one point in my life. But what I've also come to realize is that you don't need to be that person forever. You can do that for a month. You can do it for never. You don't ever have to pick it up and do it. Um, I do really enjoy giving back and I found different ways now to do that. I guess, lecture at Um, Arizona State and at Grand Canyon University. I love doing that. I'm on the board at Planned Parenthood in Arizona. I love volunteering my time, but in ways that make me feel really good. Um, Working for this, helping the school did not make me feel good. I I just didn't like it. I mean, I don't, (laughs) I like my kids. I appreciate the school. It doesn't devalue like that. I love that the work that the teachers are doing and that the school provides, but I'm not volunteering to sit in the classroom. Mm. It's just not my jam. Yeah, and we force ourselves into these holes, right? Where we force ourselves, like, oh, we have to do that. Um, you should be doing that, it. Melissa. You right. should be doing that. You're yeah, a mom. Just... You
0: should be there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how many times I've heard that in my own head, totally, or other people, right? Like, it's what it's what our mothers did. It's what their mothers did. Yep. It's what we're supposed to do. No,
1: I ask I'm, a single dad if for the permission. Like- yeah. Ask a single dad if they feel obligated. And I have these conversations now a lot with other moms, right? We'll be at practice and she'll be like, Oh, did you volunteer for lunch this week? And I'm like, hell no. What are you talking about? I'm volunteering for lunch. Did you bring snacks? This week? And I was like, stop volunteering for this stuff. You're exhausting yourself. And the dad's like, thank you. Told you. And dads don't have, I mean, not all dads. Yeah. Dads don't have the same Mm -hmm. response that we do. And Mm -hmm. we need to take a page from their book here. There is absolutely no reason that we burn ourselves out and make ourselves crazy and compare ourselves to people who are in different phases of life or different situations. I have a really good friend who's the PTO president at my kid's current school and she wants to be there because she doesn't want to be at home. So great. Go do it. I'm not going to do it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, We have different callings, right? We can't all save the whales. We can't all save the rainforest. There are people that are there to care about those things. And I love that you, you've get, because I am also super busy. I mean, the reason I don't do those things at the school is because I am on a board, you know, Mm -hmm. doing service for, for addicts who were where I was like, that is where I can have the most impact, right? Like yep. some other very touchy feely want to feed all the kids. Mother can have a greater impact in that football locker room in the morning, serving them breakfast. than I can, I would just yep. be there. You know, I'm, I'm not, that's not my calling. It's not my place where I can have the most impact in my service.
1: And when she's, when that season's over for her, she should be able to dip out with no guilt, no shame and just move on. Right. And right. that's often the hard part too, is once you realize that you're done or your season in that volunteer space or your opportunity to continue in that one thing is over, you can feel like a total jerk leaving. Yeah. And right. that's part of the eliminate process too. Is stop holding on to things just because you feel obligated to do them. Mm-hmm. I promise mm-hmm. you the weight that it comes off of that is tremendous and you can and will be replaced. I guarantee it. Like, and that can be a a nano
0: second, right? Yes,
1: and and that's good. And people sometimes feel really uncomfortable with the idea that they can be replaced. I can't, I can't leave this poor school. They're this poor, whatever. This poor team. Mm -hmm. They they need me. Like, they'll be fine. Move on. Yeah, (laughs) right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really hard thing, and there's ego involved, and there's guilt and shame involved, and all of those angles. And I think if you just realize. In your when you're in those moments that you can just say it doesn't belong to me. I'm okay giving this back, Mm -hmm. and those pieces can be really difficult. But you can do it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: you can do it. (laughs) You can do it. Oh my gosh, let's go back and talk about the B now. Yeah.
1: Uh, no wait, B. Uh, have we gotten through all of the words? No. So I I can tell you about C. Um, C. C. So C is for connection, ah. um, and this is really about how we show up for each other, um, how we communicate with one another. The the chapter mm. goes in a couple different directions. I talk about finding your village and finding your tribe, finding the people um, that you want. And sometimes you don't have total control over them. Either you're blood related to them, or you're forced to work <laughs> with them. I mean, there's a lot of places that you can't control the people who are in your day to day life. But recognizing that you become the average of the five people you spend time with. Um, you spend the most time mm-hmm. with being really selective about who those people are. It doesn't mean you have to cut other people out, just pay attention to where you spend your time. Um, I do talk a lot about giving back in this chapter about how to volunteer for different things, um, how to find people who are part of your, where you want to be. I know when I first wanted to, I, I knew I wanted to own a business for a really long time. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. and I started looking to find people to hang out with or to talk to, or to listen to their podcasts who were going in the same way I was so that I could absorb their messages, their mojo. I could pick up on their, their wavelength. Um, the books that I read, right. The things that I thought, the people I followed on social media, all of that just imprints on you, um, in a way that you can't even recognize. And there's a lot of research to, to talk about the words that you see on a regular basis, have a have major impact on your behavior and on your mood um and so the the different words that surround you even if you're not reading them you pick them up you don't you don't even know that you're reading them and yeah. that kind of stuff really is is important um talk a little bit about negotiation in that chapter right like how to negotiate and talk to people how to to get what you want without with being heard because you can say something to someone, but if they did not hear it or receive it the way you intended, it just didn't happen. It yeah. it just didn't. Um, they have to receive it the proper way in order for it to have have been successful. Um, and then the final chapter is harmony, and that's it's the bow that ties it all together. It's the piece that yes, it's the, it's the part that we're all here for, right? Um, I want my life to be in agreement for. My children. I want my life to be in agreement with my husband. I want my life to be in agreement with my job, with my, my podcast and my like the podcast in the book is like the part that is me giving back. It's my, it's my ikigai. guy. It's the thing that helps me continue to, to grow and to thrive forever. Um, I want to be in harmony financially. I want to be in harmony in mental health and physical health and all of those places. And It's okay when one thing needs to take more space for a certain period and then, but they're all there and it's all working together. And so that chapter is a lot about those pieces and, and most of us, um, have learned some lessons the hard way. And it's just kind of like the money thing. Like you learn best from people who've walked through some tough times, Mm -hmm. um, which is, I think why I like talking at universities so much, um. Cause so I feel like there's so much information to give to the 18 to 24 year old group that they're so eager to learn. Um, and so finding ways like that to kind of live through some of your lessons and your, your different areas in order to support others that are coming up behind you, um, mm-hmm. and make the world a better place than we found it. So that's the whole acronym, I guess. Um, efficiency bitch, get it. it oh sounds- my gosh. I love it. Thanks. It sounds like it's a lot, but it, it's, it's a short book. I intended for it to be, I pictured myself when I was on an airplane, um, when I was traveling all the time across the country and I pictured myself reading, you know, this short ish book. It's like a two hour, maybe an hour and a half read. If you're a fast mm. reader. Um, I didn't want it to be a long drawn out. I yes. mean, yes. Thank you for lecture. that. Can I say
0: thank <laughs> you for that? I was literally just watching a training last night that I bought um, because, you know, we're always lear- trying to learn, eager to learn who's doing what. Let's learn their way. Um, and uh, it was Rachel Peterson, who you may know from social media, super star social media, rock star. And her new training says, look, this is short on purpose. Why say more words when it takes this many words? Is this going to be really quick? And I was like, oh, God bless you. We don't have time to read, you know, love it, you know, war and peace to learn how to be harmony in harmony with ourselves. Thank you for a short read. I'm excited to pick it up now. (laughs)
1: It's a, it's a thing, right? You, you feel like you have to, you have to overstate everything in order to get your point across. And the truth is, it's just too many conflicting Pieces of information out there now. Like you can get yeah. all these things, you can get podcasts and you can get audibles and you can all of the places that you can get information. And I personally won't read long emails unless it's super important <laughs> from a client. But like if you send me a marketing right. email and it's more than a couple sentences, I'm probably going to close it. Right. There's just too much out there these days. And Okay. Like, yes, we probably all have super short attention spans and all of the things, but that's where we are. And you have to evolve into that. Um, Otherwise you're just dead in the water. No one's going to pay attention. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's the the yeah. words that you use are so important.
1: Totally. Um, and the,
0: like you said, the way that people receive it. So if we're just talking all about ourselves and long, 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 people don't want to hear that. They need mm-hmm. to hear something that resonates with them right away, puts them right into the story of what you're talking about. And then they're, they're, we're engaged, right? Yeah. Um, We teach marketing language all the time to people because yeah, you can, in a sea of noise, like we have to get people's attention. Our attention spans are shorter than ever. Um, so it's important to engage them that way. Um, tell me, let's go back to the money part because I know I'm sure it's this way everywhere, but I grew up, um, we didn't really talk about money. I watched, um, you know, I watched my mother, um, stress over bills. I watched Mm -hmm. her cry over her checkbook. Um, I watched her scrimp and save and and, and take out money from the ledger so that the next week she could add it back in and then make the house payment and all of these wild things. But she didn't have an example. I didn't have an example. I think a lot of us out there didn't have an example. So what are some of the very first things that we can start doing to just take those steps to being able to have a healthier mindset about money? And then what is an actual... Like what's an action step that we can take Mm -hmm. outside of walking through an Ed Jones office that seems so intimidating for a personal finance. Like where do people get started with, with this whole thing?
1: Yeah. Talking to people who have a education and a background in finances can feel like you're talking to the principal's office. Right. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You know, when I was at, when I was in the hotel industry um, and the accounting department, people would tell me that all the time, like, I'm so comfortable talking to you. Usually coming into accounting feels like it's the principal's office. And people said that for 15 years. Um, And the truth is that it is that it does. And a lot of it's by design accountants like to feel smarter than, um, than they, they like to be the smartest person in the room. Um, and uh, sometimes they are, well, that's fine. Like they go to school for a lot of things and they feel very, very powerful in that space. But I think the most important thing is find somebody you can talk to. Um, so you can ask your supposed stupid questions and not feel embarrassed. Um, and there's a lot of us out there, like just go look, um, the the second thing I think that's really important about money is to figure out what type of person you are. And I can give you three examples and you probably will know exactly who you are just by hearing it. You don't have to go take a quiz or anything. Um, <laughs> but the first is you are really interested in where your money's going. You have spreadsheets, you download bank statements, you want to know where every penny is and you're like the ultimate budget or planner, but you never really seem to feel like you know what you're doing. You're just doing something. I'm one of those people, um, I enjoy it. I always have, even before it was my career, it was something that I liked to do is to understand where my money was, but I didn't mm-hmm. know what it meant. Right. At the, yeah. at the time, um, yeah. the second type of person is the person who wants to save for the future. They're so terrified of not having any money that they save everything. And they kind of don't enjoy today because they're so scared of having nothing and they have savings money and mattresses, Right. That's actually losing value over time because inflation is taking all their money away and they're just scared to not have. Um, and then the third type of person is like, I have no idea how much money is in my checkbook. If I run my card, it'll decline. Like that'll tell me, right. I have no idea what's in my checking account. I have no idea. Not worried about the savings, not worried about, they just go, just fly by the seat of their pants, not worried about it. Um, and everybody, you know, there's, there's certainly a spectrum to all of those things. Um, but knowing which of those things you are can be really important because that's how you know how to find the right help. If you mm. are a super analytical person and you want, you're like, I have all this data. Now, what do I do with it? Right. You want to go to a financial planner, somebody who's a fiduciary who can go through it and say like, all right, this is how you should invest your money. This is what you should be doing with these pieces. Um, or help you figure out, should I be saving when I have all this credit card debt? The answer is no, don't save money when you have credit card debt yeah credit card interest rates are like thirty two percent right now on average. oh my God are they really yeah they've wow. all gone up with the interest rates that went up with mortgages and with savings accounts so mm-hmm. did credit and they don't have to tell you it's in the fine print they just go up wow. um so if you have credit card debt today there is zero reason for you to be putting money in the stock market zero reason for you to be putting money in a savings account because you are losing money. Just by having that money in the savings account, that 32% is going to drown you. So spend your time, spend your savings, paying off your credit card. You get to keep 27% of that money, right? right. Um, best interest rates you can find right now are going to be like four and a half to 5% and you have to have minimum balances of like $25,000 for that. So Mm. you may as well pay off your credit cards. Um, When it comes to other debt, like car loans can be low mortgage rates. If you have an old mortgage rate, you don't want to pay off that debt because that's a lower interest rate than you may be able to get elsewhere. But credit cards are always pay them off, pay them off, pay them off always. Um, unless you are, have an anomaly credit card, that's like 0% for a year, but, but it, they usually have a very short life. Um, credit yeah. cards are a disaster. in in most cases for most people, if you know how to work them, they can be awesome. I just took my family of five to Texas to see my sister a couple of weeks ago. And all of the, um, airline tickets were paid for by credit card miles. If mm-hmm. you know how to do that, do that. But if you don't know how to do it, don't try and Fail because you just pay thirty two percent, right? Yeah, <laughs> you pay for your airline tickets. You just uh, did it over time, almost twice, <laughs> almost twice, exactly. <laughs> ah. Um, if you are the kind of person that has saved a lot of money, but you're really afraid of what to do with it next, I think a fiduciary is a great place to go as well. A fiduciary is somebody who's legally responsible for making investments, making decisions on your investments legally to the best of their ability in your best interest. So they make money off you making money and they're responsible to make sure that happens. You can find people all over the place. If you don't know somebody call me I'll help you find somebody in your area I am not one of those people um I do not give investment advice for a living my job is in the business space so I help um, small business owners read their financial statements read their balance sheet read their p l read their build a forecast build a cash flow statement so that they know what they can afford for the future um and then if you're the Like, and so businesses need those types of people too, in addition to the individual people, um, if you're a small business owner, you, you probably need both, um, because your business can't be healthy if you're not financially healthy personally and vice versa, that you are your business and your business is you. So being able to understand it from all angles. Um, and then the, the third type of person who's just kind of going for it and throws, money you know doesn't know where it's going and just kind of lets it lets it ride um those are really some of the the harder conversations to have with people because it can be a, a flashlight shines in on on what you're doing um mm-hmm. i actually enjoy those conversations the most because those are the people who really get the most out of some of the types of work that we do for small businesses, like this is where your money's going. This is why you can't pay payroll because let me show Mm. you all these places and they go, oh, but I warn you, if you are one of those people, tread lightly, give yourself some time. You don't have to do it all in a day. You can do it over a week or a month. It takes some time to get comfortable having those conversations. Um, Those are typically the people that if they go too fast into the money management conversation, they go, screw it, too much, I'm out. And they bail. Yeah. Um, and so having and and I think the majority of the people that I know as individuals probably lay more in that space than in the other two. Mm -hmm. And you just have to take a deep breath and move through it and just recognize that each step of the way is gonna be hard but worth it. Um, I I quit drinking alcohol four years ago and I I tell this story a lot to people because it was really hard to have the same friends without alcohol, to do the same things, to go places and step by step by step. It's not easy. You absolutely get frustrated and, and be like, what the hell am I doing? This is the wrong plan for me. But yeah. very soon you start to feel very confident in that space where you're willing to share it on podcasts and tell people how much better their lives will be this way. And it's, it's very similar with money. It's a very similar, you feel very exposed. You feel very naked. You feel very uncomfortable and very quickly, you'll be like, Oh, I can show other people how to do this. So
0: yeah, yeah, I love that. And congratulations on your sobriety. I'm also right there with you. It'll be six years for me in April.
1: Yay, congratulations. So, yeah. Such a better
0: life. Such a better so life. much
1: better. But isn't
0: it weird that I'm willing to stand up in a room and raise my hand and go, Hi, I'm in recovery and I've been there for six years and that's for you too. Or, yeah. you know, the most embarrassing things that I would think are embarrassing, but money's still harder to talk about.
1: Totally. <laughs> it is. It really is for a lot of people. Um, those things that are very personal in nature too. I mean, and let's be honest, like alcohol and, and drugs are not something that we're really taught to control or manage, um, as children either. Right. Like, we're right. Taught, like don't do drugs. And like those people have drinking problems, but meanwhile, your parents are drinking every day. So
0: right. <laughs> like you get
1: these very mixed messages of like, what's, for what's sure. right. Um, and what's healthy and having those conversations, it can be really important. And and addiction comes in many different forms for some people it's substance or alcohol for some people it's, um, eating for some people it's exercising for some people it's spending money. And I work Mm. with a lot of people who, um, really have a business owners in particular who have spending addiction in their personal life and then can't figure out why their business isn't thriving. And it's like, Mm. well, you have a behavior that is driving a result. Right. And you have to be able to manage, um, that behavior and that, and, you know, people don't think of addiction in those, in those ways. So, Mm. um, being able to uncover that and talk through it is, is life-changing for a lot of people. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that. Um,
0: so can you tell us a little bit about as we wrap up here, I can't believe the time's already almost up. Uh, This stuff is so good. I hope you guys are enjoying this because I am definitely like about (laughs) ready to go over to that. I'm assuming we can get the book at Amazon.
1: Amazon, Barnes and Noble, efficiency.com, all the places.
0: places. Yeah. Yes. Good. Good. I can't wait to go download it. Um, what, first of all, can you only work with people who are in Arizona or can you work with people nationwide? nationwide and can you, okay, great. Um, so can you tell us what um, maybe tell, just give us an idea of what it's like to work with you or tell us a story of a, of one of your favorite clients and kind of where you took them from to,
1: so that we can kind of yeah. hear what that might
0: look like for those of us scared to reach out and make <laughs> that scary phone call.
1: Yeah. I gosh, I have so many amazing clients that I would talk about. I, first, I'll say that, um, no two businesses are the same. Um, we don't have like a off the shelf product that we give you, um, mm-hmm. We have a conversation about what the business is, where you are, right? Are you startup? Are you um, growing and maturing? Are you end of season where you're trying to figure out how to get out of business or how Mm. to sell your business or to value your business? We work with companies at all different levels. We also work with companies of all different sizes. We have a giant restaurant group of eight restaurants in Hawaii. We have very small solopreneur groups that are just starting to get off the ground and everybody in between. Um, we only work, I say giant restaurant group, right? Like each restaurant has 20 employees, but they are a a group of restaurants, not a single restaurant. Um, I have a lot of different types of industries that we work with, um, from law firms and restaurants to professional organizers, and IT companies, um, all just different levels of of different kinds of people. I'd say the thing that I focus on the most, I have a business partner, her name's Leanne, and our our main focus for the business is to teach business owners how to read their financial statements. Um, And the thing that I always tell people is, I either want you to learn so much from me that you don't need me, or that your business is so profitable and gets so much bigger that you need more of me, Um, I don't want to be your bookkeeper, right? I can do your bookkeeping and I have a, I have a team of bookkeepers who will do your bookkeeping and I will clean up your books. That's actually usually how people come to us. They're like, Hey, it's November and I haven't done my books this year. Can you help Ah. us? And that happens all the time. So if that's you don't freak out and don't be like, Oh my God, I can't make this phone call. I promise you. I see it all the time. It's totally fine. Um, There's, there's nothing in accounting that we can't fix. I've, I work with plenty of clients who haven't filed their taxes in four years. So we'll go back and help them clean up their books so that they can file their taxes. I do not file taxes. Um, we really believe that you need to have a a tax professional and you need to have a business professional. We are the business professionals. We, we build financial statements. We read and analyze financial statements. We help you to learn to do that. Somebody else will fill out the tax forms and we always work with them. So I like to meet every CPA that's working with my clients um, and make sure that we're all on the same page with those things. I have plenty of clients where their financial advisor and their CPA and their CFO being me, we all get on a call together and we're just having conversations. The three of us and the owners are like, are you guys done? I <laughs> know, know what the, you're talking about, but the keep going, just it's like, fine. What's happening? Um, <laughs> but you need to have that board of advisors, right? Particularly as your business starts to get very big and it can be very scary um, to have that much money because guess what? You get to pay a lot of taxes when you have, when you're making that much money. Um, and if you're not careful with where your money's going, you could have too much money in a checking account and then not be FD- FDIC insured and not even realize it. There's just mm. so many things. Dangers that can come when you have um when your business is thriving. There's a lot of danger involved and making sure that you have people around that can support you. And then likewise, if your business isn't thriving and you're trying to figure out like, why am I struggling? Um, I have clients that need me one hour a quarter. They just have me come in and do a sanity check on their books, and that's great. I have other clients who we do the bookkeeping for and I talk to them multiple times a week. Um, it's like I said, it's not off the shelf. We designed this company to fit every small business owner where they were and to be able to help drive them, um, into the future. We have a really great, um, one of our very first clients is local to me here in Mesa, um, Arizona, and they started a store in 2020 and now they've got three stores retail And they're just, they're thriving and they're doing so, so well, but we didn't know where we were going when we started. They just knew they needed a bookkeeper. They didn't know what else they needed. And so we were able to help with their bookkeeping and get their processes set up and get their stuff documented and then help them with the next one and the next one. And now we're making very big strategic decisions on what property to buy and where to go next. And, you know, there's just a lot of things that business evolves, um, just like our personal situations evolve And being able to have somebody who can kind of ride that wave with you, uh, I think is a, has been a benefit. It's been really fun for us Um, today. The company's made of four of us. Um, There's three CFOs, myself, my partner, and one other. And then my husband joined us a year and a half ago, he left his, he was a general manager of a golf course for 20 years and left them and came to work for us. So congratulations um, to him and you both. Yeah. It's been really cool. It's been really cool to have it, um, to have him working with us. And he's, he brings a whole other level of knowledge being in operations for so long. Um, Mm. Oh yeah. (laughs) Tell me about
0: it. My, my husband is our operations manager and I could not do it without him like at all. I am not that like, keep it on track thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm like, I'm like dream. Here's what to do now run with it. And he runs with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we need those people and I'm so blessed to have my husband. I'm so grateful you get to work with yours too.
1: Yeah. It's definitely, um, a game changer, right? When you have somebody, cause we all have different strengths. You, you have to have and let okay. people play off those strengths. So, um, when I've I always wanted to have a business. I think I said that earlier. I always wanted to own a business and I never could figure out what my thing was. I was like, yeah. well, I don't really like to cook. I don't want to have a restaurant. I don't want to do retail. Like I, I could not figure it out. And then one day it hit me. It was like, duh, your business is business.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Ah, you know this so four seasons silly. is probably a pretty great training ground for big business.
1: Yeah, they were incredible. Um, They're really, and I got really lucky, honestly. Um, When I joined them, they were a publicly traded company. When I, about five years after I joined them, they went private. So I got to see the public side. I got to see the private Mm. side. I got to see them go private. I also, we kept public ready. So I got to keep all of those things um, in place. I, I moved from Arizona to Hawaii, to Florida, to LA with them. Um, I was able to do a lot of internal audits. And then the last eight years of my career was really unique. Um, four seasons decided to outsource their finance and accounting into centralized locations into India, China, and Poland. And Mm -hmm. I was the, I was the manager of that. I was the project manager to get it off the ground. And so my job still blows my mind that we did this and it was beautiful. It worked out so well, but I had to take 150 hotels, accounting practices, and distill them down into one procedure where an offshore team could do it and could repeat it, right? So that standardization, that distillation of the procedures that can get kind of complicated at different property levels, and you like bring it to its simplest form, take some of the genius from different areas... And now we have one set of procedures. And when, then when we have a great idea, we change it one time versus changing it 150 times. Mm. Um, And so that was a really fun, I learned a lot about communication. I learned a lot about project management. That was when I got a project management certification. I learned a lot about managing teams at large scales, particularly all over the world. Um, I learned a lot about time zones. (laughs) (laughs) a really cool experience. Um, and I, I'm so, so grateful that I got to do it. And it is probably one of those parts of my career that like, if I could do it again, I would a hundred times, you know, it yeah. was really hard. I was a punching bag for a really long time, um, oh, I bet. but it was great. It was, it was really great.
0: That's awesome. Wow. What an experience you got to have. That's so cool. Um, so tell us how, tell the audience where's the best place to connect with you. How um, I know if they want to buy your book, they can go to, um, Amazon or efficiencybitch.com, but yeah. if they want to work with you specifically, how do they
1: get that started? Two senseconsulting.com. Um, it's T W O S E N S E. So not pennies, but like making sense. sense um, yeah. yes. Um, that's probably the easiest place you can see what we're up to, what we're doing. Like I said, nothing is off the shelf. So if you see our website and you're like, what about this? call us, ask us, um, send an email and then we're available on Facebook and Instagram as well at two
0: Awesome. Two Go follow them on the Facebook, the Instagram, the LinkedIn, and go over to two S E N S E consulting.com to learn more about Melissa and her team and how they can get you on the right path. And it does, it sounds like you can be the four seasons or you can be <laughs> just yourself solopreneur cleaning houses. And she's yeah. going to Get you a solution that works that probably fits your budget at the time uh, and either educate you out of the need for her or grow like hell with you into the stratosphere which is what i'm all about that's great yep. i'm i'm excited yeah. thank you so much melissa for coming on and sharing your absolute wealth of knowledge y'all go out and get efficiency bitch and be efficient bitches okay <laughs> we're queens that's what we do is we stand in our queendom and we learn how to be efficient bitches I love it. This was great. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you. Thanks for being a queen that leads. The Queen's Lead podcast is recorded worldwide and produced by the Kick-Ass Media Team at the Height Digital Home Base in Nicaragua. Until our next episode, stay real queens and go lead. Remember to tap that follow and leave your review. For freebies and more real inspiring content you love, go to amysingleton.net. And connect with Amy on our socials at The Real Amy Singleton. One more thing this is the legal language, what my lawyer wrote, and what I need to read to you. This podcast is presented for educational and entertainment purposes only. I am Amy Singleton, and I'm just your friend. Although I may speak to many on this show, I am not a psychotherapist, a business coach, a doctor, a CPA, a lawyer, or probably anyone who should be giving you professional advice. This podcast is not a substitute for a relationship with your doctor, coach, or any other licensed professional. Got it? Good. Now go be a queen and follow me at The Real Amy Singleton.